My special guest today is Retta Fali. Retta is the Chief Executive Officer of Aries. Welcome to the show, Retta. Thanks, thanks, Andrew. Happy to be here. Yeah, well, can you just give us your background real briefly? Like, how did you get in finance? You've got a lot of experience in the industry. Just tell us uh, uh, where you came from. Yeah, sure. So I, I guess uh, I'm definitely in finance by trade. Uh, it, my education is uh, actually in. I, so I, I was going to school to be a biomedical engineer, right? That's uh, you know nowhere near finance. But uh, I started off investing at a really young age, mainly just you know it's like stupid stuff like oh, where is Apple going to go? You know, gambling. Uh, <laughs> you know, nothing too crazy. And just being in the space for a while, I got really infatuated with Benjamin Graham's idea of value investing. I ran a blog for a while that talked about value investing. I, I worked for a little bit just as an event-driven investor, right? Trying to look for things that maybe the market hadn't looked at yet or things that were priced cheaply. I moved on. I, I you know, I had a crypto exchange at one point. I, I, and then at another point, I ran a data analytics company. You know, if you're familiar, like with options flow or unusual options trades, uh, we did that for a while. And now I run Aries, which is a trading platform available in about 130 countries. Our token is like... Uh, you know, commission-free stocks and options, 130 countries. Nice. That was great. So uh, you've got all this experience across all these different areas of finance and data. Uh, why Aries? Like, what is the problem that Aries is solving? <laughs> okay, sure. Um, with all that experience, by the way, it does that does not make me an expert at all. Uh, there's a, still way more to learn. And I think that uh, uh, when people talk about their experiences, it's like, as if all their experiences have been good. No, it's like, <laughs> definitely <laughs> not an, an expert by uh, by any means. The reason Aries started was I was an investor with not a whole lot of cash uh, when I was getting started, and I would spend a lot of money on on things like Yahoo Finance Premium, Finviz Premium, uh, just stuff like that. And eventually, I was running this data company, and we we had you know a couple thousand people. They would pay a, you know sixty hundred bucks a month to access different. Like, oh, what is the largest options trade today? Or what is the most unusual options trade today? And for me, I ended up coming across a statistic that was just about half of all retail investors will spend five to 10% of their account on extraneous data services. And if you think about that, like at, at face value, wow. that statistic doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Uh, like it, it, you know, but if you think about it really for a second, like five to 10% of that total account going towards just trying to level the playing field is crazy. Right. Yeah. It's crazy, especially because I came from, uh, you know, I came from a background where I was like, it's really not the hardest thing in the world to build this data analytics software. There's a really low barrier to entry. And in my in my the way that I thought about it was like, eventually this data is going to be free. So might as well try to break that barrier. But then the question becomes, how do you make money? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and the idea is like, OK, we give out this data for free, sort of try to democratize data. And then on the back end, of course, we're making money uh, on, on the trading. So we're not completely commissioned free for, for really advanced asset classes like futures or futures options or indexes. So, yeah, we're indexed free with stocks and options. But right, the idea is like making money on uh, other asset classes. Wow. What a horrific obstacle to overcome as a trader if you're spending 5 to 10% on just getting started. Like, how are you? That means to outperform the market, you've got to do what? 12 or 14 at a minimum ROI. Yeah, so you have to, so you have to beat the S&P 500 by like 50 basis points. In general is is a crazy hard thing to do, right? Cuz I would say for 99 and a half percent of all people on the planet, you should just buy like buy into the S&P 500. But the way that I I see it is like uh, if you look at the crypto space, there's all this innovation being made primarily cuz it's like 
anyone can build on like Ethereum or, or Solana or one of these other blockchains. We don't have that um, in the stock market. There's such the, there's such a high barrier to entry, and I feel like we haven't gotten to the point where we're leveraging human capital correctly. And data is like that first step, right? Mm. Like, uh, of course, there's a lot of noise though, right? It's not like the more data you have, the more money you're going to make. There's, there's you could look at a million lines of data and still lose money. Right. I I'm in this industry, and so I think about this a lot. Like the cost of a Bloomberg terminal which is what most professional investors use is $2,000 a month or maybe more. And if you think about $24,000 a year expense to have the base competitive product, it makes sense that, wow, you're, that, that's, that's crazy. That would mean who could, who's invest, what normal investor is investing more than 20 enough to justify that kind of data expense. Yeah. It's not even just that, right? Like if you think about it, even if you have access to a Bloomberg terminal. So I remember the first time I got to mess with something like as advanced as a Bloomberg terminal or like I think Reuters has their Thompson terminal or whatever. But you're like looking at this stuff and most of it is not the most insane data in the world. It's not like it's not like there's anything special there. Right. Um, I think that was the thing that stood out to me the most. It's like you're paying $25,000 a year, but I still have to work. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like I still yeah. have to do something. Here's the way that I think about it is it's like, if there's only a certain amount of people, I think it's like 200,000 people that pay for a Bloomberg terminal. And of those 200,000 people, like what are the chances that somebody's going to innovate in such a small sample size? Um, obviously it's a lot higher if you just let everybody have that data. So I, eventually I do think we're going to get to that point. And that's, you know, if it's not Aries, it will definitely be another company that does it. And I, I, that's sort of the empowering thing to me. I think it's going to be Aries. If you're following along at home, the website is tradearies.com. Uh, you can get on there and get started for free. You can see all these different asset classes that are available. Uh, and as Reda pointed out, his business model is is to make a little bit of money off of advanced asset classes, but to give the data away for free. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you're growing the platform? Like, so you're you've got to do a lot of work to make things easy for your users. Um, what what kind of things are you building out in there that that give these traders some a chance to not have to beat the S and P by an extra twenty four thousand yeah. dollars a year? I think naively when we got started, we uh, so because I have I have a background in software, right? Um, that's what I did for a while. My my co founder he he was like he worked for ten years at Canada's top bank as one of their lead developers. So it's like we we were really cocky going into it, like, oh, we're going to build this crazy cool software. We're going to build all this data. And then you get into it and you realize, like, damn, this is really hard. man. And you release a product and people just, you know, people are just not they're not connecting with it. So for us, the way that we try to solve that problem is uh, we have a Discord server that started off as just our beta customers and about a thousand mm. clients that we had in there that would just tell us like what was wrong about it. And eventually we expanded it, made it public. And we actually only build around user feedback now. So yeah, we, we chime in here and there, or we make tweaks. But um, the idea is there are competitors in this field that just try to give out the data and let people build on top of it, right? Like, or, or, or let, like, there's these terminals that have come out that it's like, uh, you here's the data, you can set it up the way that you want to set it up. We're taking a different approach where customers will tell us, like, oh, Reda, I want, I want to be able to see the most unusual options trades, right? But I don't want to have to configure anything. So what we'll do is we'll take that suggestion and then we'll try to make it as simple as simple as humanly possible, sort of take the Robin Hood approach to modernizing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's sort of our, I guess, the key that's has to our early success. That has been the key for sure, because I feel like had we not had that uh, group of a thousand customers and had we not really taken 
to heart what they said about the product, we definitely would not be around today and growing as fast as we are. It's like, uh, you know, I think that's that's been the key so far. Fascinating. So, yeah, I got on your website this morning and the first thing I did was sign up for Discord, which I... I'm embarrassed to say today was the first day I got in there, but my experience was very different from any other software I've ever used because I'm coming, trying to check out this app and immediately I'm in like a discussion room where there's developers and there's all this stuff going on. I, I mean, for if you're if you're hip to the way the world is, is operating on the cutting edge, you know about Discord and what's going on there and this feedback loop, but can you tell our users or our listeners rather a little bit more about like this process of getting that feedback? Like what's going on in Discord? How does that work? Yeah, so I'll, I'll be honest. I got the idea from NFT Discords. Um, I, I, and I know that that's crazy word to say right now, right? Uh, but uh, so if you'll notice in, in a lot of these crypto communities, um, I've been in crypto for quite a while. So uh, I, I kind of I'm a nerd when it comes to that stuff, for sure. But it, in a lot of these crypto communities, the first thing that they'll do is set up this Discord channel where the, the token holders or whatever can talk with each other. And for a lot of these NFT projects, that's the actually the only value that comes out of it. The fact that you hold this token is it, it lets you into this community. That's that's the value that you're getting out of that there. And uh, I thought that that was such a fascinating idea to just have a direct connection with your customer. But it only works if you have the... if, if you have the ability to kind of restrain your own thoughts, because sometimes, you know, the user will be like, oh, this, this, you know, excuse my language, but they'll be like, oh, this, this is shit, right? You just spent two <laughs> months of development and this is garbage, right? This is horrible. And you have to be able to be like, maybe it is horrible. Um, and I think that with Discord being so instant... Um, and being able to connect with the clients instantly, uh, it's like one of those things that like you read it in every startup book. Uh, the the best cus that you know, like with Airbnb, they were flying out to their to their earliest you know Airbnb hosts. Uh, you don't need to do that anymore. You can just throw up a Discord room, and as long as you're humble enough to be like to respect that feedback, usually it's like it takes the hard work out of it. I don't I don't even have to guess anymore. People just tell me what they want, which is wow, kind of cool. Yeah, and I think that's a cool experience for the users because usually when you're investing or you're looking for tools, it's kind of a lonely, uh, a lonely experience, I would imagine. And, and as soon as you can get in there and get feedback and give feedback and actually have a dev team that's responsive, that has to be pretty sticky for people. Do you find people are enjoying it? Absolutely. I think our number one clients, and you could see it even on on, on the back end analytics. Uh, the guys that become Aries evangelists are the people that are in this Discord channel that will make a suggestion like, hey, I want to be able to name my watch list, right? And then maybe, so we work on an agile way. So maybe two or three days later, they're seeing that they're able to name their watch list. Yeah. That's like a spark, right? It's like, damn, I, mm-hmm. I did that. Other people are now able to name their watch list because I made that suggestion. And I think that that has been, uh, like, it just it just creates these people that, that love the product. And at, at the same day, at the same time, it kind of, kills two birds with one stone because my competitors are you have to think like Robinhood, Webull, right? These massive companies, they're spending half a million dollars to a million dollars a month in ads. I can't afford to spend a million dollars a month in ads, but we're growing at you know 30, 40% a month for this entire year because you create this sort of one-on-one connection. And then when when people really love what you're doing, I'm you know, not to speak for the users, I don't know whether they love it or not, but but it, when people when you when people like what you're doing and you're, they're getting this sort of instant feedback, we've seen a direct correlation to them referring their friends and uh you know it's like organic which is cool yeah i think user experience is is hard you need to hire a big team of people to do it and you do lots of testing and things like that it seems like you've kind of hacked it 
where you're you're just getting the user to tell you what they want. Do you think that's going to spread? Do you think other industries or other tech firms will kind of follow your lead and, and do this type of user experience, rapid iteration? It's hard, right? So you, it's really hard to develop as quickly as my team is able to develop. Like really they're, they're doing all the work, right? They make me look like the, the guy that, you know, like it, 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 that's not, it's not it at all. I mean, we have developers that are really passionate about the project and because they're able to iterate so quickly based on feedback, it makes us look, you know, like, like we're doing a really bang up job. And I'm just not sure that in other industries that are, you know, when you become a legacy company or mm. it's really hard to kind of like move quickly, right? like yeah. any, any commercial. So I think that startups for sure, we're going to see a more direct communication with early clients. And I think that that's going to change industries because, you know, startups end up disrupting industries. I'm just not sure that if in I'm just not sure that established bands in other industries would be able to implement the same things because in order to do it, you got to move fast, right? right? In order to move fast, you can't be established. It's just, yeah. And and it's demotivating if you try to do it and then you ask to have, to be able to name your watch list. And then two years later, they release that functionality. You're, you're, it's, that's way too slow. Right. And so you almost have the opposite effect of, of discouraging people from participating. Yeah. And you also have to, like, you have to just, um, you know, with, with a legacy company, you know, things are typically going towards business or they're, uh, you know, there's like mm. this high, there's this hierarchy for us. It's because, because like I'm in this discord chat and the developers are in this discord chat later, like every key person, it makes it so that there's no loss in the chain of command. It's not like we, we told the development team we wanted this. And they deliver something different. It's it's more like the development team is actually talking to a user and they're coming to me and telling me like, right, the roadmap needs to be changed because this guy wants this and that seems like a higher severity. So it's just one of those things that I'm sure it's not scalable. I'm sure it's like, it's because it's like opening a Pandora's box when you ask people like, oh, what do you like and what you don't like? I'm sure at some point it's going to be way too much. But mm. for now, I would say our early success can be attributed 100% to those people in the Discord channel. Right, but maybe if it slows down and you can't be 100% getting your dev team connected to your customers in a year or two, the product might be where it needs to be at that point and be really fun to use and really effective. Do you think your users are going to outperform your your customers because they're able to to tell you what they need? Well, I mean, I, I had an idea a couple of weeks ago, and it's something that we talked about. Um, uh, you know, we have a lot of uh, similar companies that, you know, you can call them competitors that will sell their users' data um, to a hedge fund, for example, right? So it's not the yeah. individual users' data that matters. Obviously, it's the collective because it's like, okay, if you own 20% of the retail market and 10% of your users are buying this, that's valuable information. Yeah. What I would like to see happen, and I'm not even sure if this is a possibility, I'm, I, I'm a big believer in like human capital. I'm willing to bet that eventually somebody will come up with a strategy that beats the S&P 500 if you give them the proper amount of, you know, uh, the proper tools and the proper time to do it. And I'm, I'm wondering uh, how cool it would be if you could sort of have an ETF that tracks the 10, per, like, like the top 10 Aries customers or, or whatever, not the top 10% of Aries customers. And then other customers could invest in that ETF. And, you know, I it just, I'm not sure if that idea is even viable, but I'm, I, I'm willing, like, just because I had that idea, it, I guess it, it makes it, it makes me biased towards, like, yeah, of course I believe that. They're I see. So going you're thinking, successful. you're thinking about flipping the model instead of taking the value out of your the your customers' data. You're thinking about giving it back to them, and the tool maybe enables some of your users to be successful, and then you can follow on with the with your other users. And instead of selling that off to some hedge fund, you give it back to the community. 
Well, exactly, right? Like, so you, so you, we see with we see with other companies um, that are really successful. Let's talk about like Ethereum, for example. The reason Ethereum is so successful is because they have this ecosystem of developers that can build on top of Ethereum. There's no middleman. There's like nothing. There's nothing stopping them. There's there's it's 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 like it's decentralized. Even though I don't like like the, the core of that word because it's like a buzzword. But there's no ecosystem like that that exists right now in modern finance. Um and I would like to see what would happen if you gave people like the proper APIs and the proper access to tools and the proper community to actually build on top. Like, obviously, you're not going to build on top of the, the the stock market, but perhaps there is a way where you can, you know, build strategies, share strategies, uh, stuff like that. And I'm willing to bet that eventually that that community can, out, you know, outperform the S&P 500. Yeah, I love that idea. And I love that you're trying and giving that giving your users a shot. Whereas if if you didn't, if you weren't trying, everybody else just left out spending fifteen percent of their budget on data. And they're, they're, exactly. yeah. <laughs> no, I tell that I, I say that all the time, right? I think that um, obviously, like we live in probably one of the most capitalistic, uh, you know, uh, countries in the world. Like this is this is definitely an endeavor where it's like, okay, we want to make money, but at the same time, like how empowering would it how empowering would it be to the regular person if you could? I don't think that in order to like make money, you have to cheat people or like, or, 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 or sell something that people don't need. I, I think that Aries can grow, um, in, in a way that's conducive to like the average in investor. And whether we decide to democratize data or not, somebody eventually will. So it's my, we might as well try it. Right. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Um, so you talked about this 30% growth figure, you're getting users referring people in. Uh, what kind of users are you looking for? Are these people that are more sophisticated? I mean, if you're trading options contracts on futures, I can't even claim to understand that. Like, are these, are you looking for more sophisticated retail traders that understand the value of free data or are you trying to hit a broader audience? This was a challenge that we we, we spent a lot of time thinking about. Uh, you'll notice on our platforms, if you ever decide to make an account or, or take a look through our, our uh, you know, just our, our web apps, you'll notice that it scales with the customer. So you can go all the way from like a line graph to like a chart with 50 indicators. That's just one example, right? Um, the idea is that right now I feel like investors, especially retail investors, have to have multiple brokerage accounts. You know, like you might need Thinkorswim to do some research and you might need, but you'd like to do your trading on Robinhood because it's so clean looking. Um, what we're trying to do is merge those a little bit where it's like, if you want a lot of data, you can customize it to the point that it has a lot of data. If you want that Robinhood look and feel, then of course, you know, that, that that's, that's what our platforms ship with natively. So it, the idea is like something that grows with the investor. Right now, I think mm. we have a healthy mix of people who are just getting started all the way to people that are, are really sophisticated investors. Interesting. So you want, you want traders at any level who are kind of sick of getting scammed, but are either just getting started, need something simple, and they don't want to be uh with a company that makes their money off payment for order flow and all the way up through these are very sophisticated folks that understand the more complex trades and it doesn't matter yeah. because your your platform will take them all the way through exactly right i think going back to that ecosystem example that i i was talking about a few minutes ago i think like an ecosystem doesn't work if it's only advanced and only or only novice i think that mm -hmm. like if we go back to cryptocurrency for a second there are people that are you know, building the smart contracts and there's people that are buying NFTs to, with the smart contracts. Like it, there needs to be this healthy mix. Um, otherwise it, it doesn't grow. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and can you just talk a little bit about the most requested features? Like what are people asking for right now? I mean, naming the watch list makes sense to me. Uh, but like, what are they, what's the community, uh, 
chomping at the bit for. Okay, I'll, I'll be honest. What they want to see, so the, the, what used to be the most requested feature was a way to share your profit and loss with other people. We've since mm-hmm. released that. Um, the cool. second most requested feature um, is people want a chart that shows their gains over time and their losses over time so that they can take screenshots and post it on like Wall Street Bets or whatever, right? <laughs> okay, um, yeah, that, those are cool. so so. I know that might not be the answer that you were looking for, right? Because, uh, but but that's definitely what uh, have been the most requested so far. Both of which I'm 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 happy to say that we launched the, the profit and loss social cards about a week ago, and the PL data we're working on right now. So uh, those are those, it's like those it's, it's like Batman. It might not be the answer I was looking for, but it's the answer I deserve. You know, like people, I, human beings are human beings, right? Dude, I think it's so cool, right? Like, like you know, you 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 have these you you have these other firms or or you know, you have these other guys or competitors in the space that will try to shy away from this. Like, mm. yeah, people are using our apps to take screenshots and share it with their friends. It's like, why, right? Like, if that's what people right. want to do, who who am I to tell you like what to do with your money? I think that that's the most ridiculous thing in the world. I, I think I think it's cool. You, like everything else is social. Why not investing? Yeah, I guess I completely agree. Do you think that speaking to a trend like that, you know, there's a lot more people now like that you wouldn't have 10 years ago or 20 years ago, a trader wouldn't have been like, I'm going to go out and post on my Instagram, my portfolio, you know, like they're working off a of Bloomberg terminal, a big firm. If people are asking for that and they want to share, that means there's communities of retail traders that aren't uh, working for like a big investment bank. And that seems to be a big change, right? Yeah, I think it's the, I think the data is actually quite staggering. If you take a look at the amount that retail investing, you know, like options weren't even that popular prior to uh, the real estate and the, I mean, the retail investing boom. Um, and like even today, there's over just today, think about this on Friday, September 16, 2022, there's over three and a half trillion dollars worth of options that are going to expire. Uh, you know, most of them worthless, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you think about that, 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 that number is so staggering. You know, ten years ago, it was probably fifty times less, right? Mm. I, I, but what's even crazier is if you take a look at the average amount that people will hold a stock for, like it went from a week to three days, right? Over mm. the last like ten years, and I think that that kind of data is just with the internet and with uh, instant access to information. This space is only going to change over time. Like think, like if you open up, I don't know if you have a TikTok account or an Instagram account or whatever. You can find people talking about like compound interest and investing in the S and P five hundred, like you know, like fifteen year old kids. That's never happened before, right? And and that in itself is going to make a drastic change in 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 the U S markets. I think. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a a fun try to think about, and you kind of blew my mind a little bit with the way you're approaching uh, rapid development on Discord, and the whole idea that the data should be included so that folks don't have to spend fifteen percent of their uh, their investment on on, on data to even get started. Uh, those are all huge, uh, changing, world-changing ideas, and I loved hearing about them. It was awesome having you on the show, Retta. I uh, really appreciate talking to you. Yeah, thanks so much, man. I appreciate this, too. 